Welcome back to a special edition of The Bill Bennett Show. I'm Claude Jennings. And when President Trump was in office, uh, we were the podcast translating Trump. That's what we said. Well, today we are the podcast translating college football. Phil Steele joins us today. He's the creator of the Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine. We love Phil Steele, the in-depth work that he does with college football. Of course, you had week zero, uh, as they coined it, I think two or three years ago. Just happened last weekend. This is the official kickoff weekend for college football. Uh, Bill and I can't wait to talk to Phil. We're such big fans. Bill has three copies of Phil's preview magazine. I have two copies because you got to have one. You know, I've got one at my house and one in the car just in case, you know, we take a family trip to the beach and I forget the other one or, you know, I'm at Manny's football practice and I got a quick second to, to you know, see what in the world University of Maryland is going to do or want to read up on Clemson or something like that. Bill's got three copies. He's got copies all over the country. Um, but, yeah, we can't wait to talk to Phil about uh, college football. I should mention that we do have an episode with Wade Eyerly coming up uh, tomorrow. We're going to release that tomorrow. Uh, he's got this uh, company that provides insurance on college tuition. It's a really cool concept, and I think it's going to catch on, especially with, you know, all this relieving debt talk going on and, um, you know, uh, people questioning whether college is even worth it. Remember the book that Bill co-authored with David Willisall, Is College Worth It? So a lot of questions regarding that return on investment. And Wade Eyerly. I think has found a really, really, really secure, cool way uh, to make sure that that money you put into your college education uh, gives you a really good return on investment. So that's going to be the next episode that we release. But right now, college football with Phil Steele. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. Phil Steele. Son of a gun, we are so lucky to have you on the eve of this big football weekend. Goodness. Yeah, how the heck you been, Bill? I've been good. I've been good, you know. Um, and I'll tell you, we're going to avoid politics. It's the only thing more contentious than football right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I've been great. You're doing good. I love my mag. I love my magazine. Trying to get through it. Awesome. Is it as long as the Bible now? <laughs> a few pages shorter, I think. I think the Bible's got me by a little bit. All right, but it is it is the Bible of football, for college football, that's for sure. Let's jump in, Phil. We know how busy you are. We really appreciate this. I want to start not with any uh, teams or conference, but the whole portal thing. Uh, what do you think about this, uh, the player's ability to move? Uh, you know, from, from one place to any place. What do you, what do you think? You know, actually, Bill, I don't mind it right now. Uh, having the, allowing the players to move once I would mind it if it was a open thing and they could move two, three, four times, but if it's moving once, let's say you made a mistake, the coach has left. Uh, I think teams should be allowed or players should be allowed to do that, but I would really be concerned. Uh, the NCAA, I, I think I saw something float up that they were thinking about unlimited amount of transfers. And I think that would be just utter chaos for college football. Uh, yeah. Personally, I think if you make a decision, you should stick it out. Even if you don't win the starting job, that's the way it should be. But I guess in today's age, uh, you know, let, let everybody have one transfer. I don't mind that. Okay. Okay. What about, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole money situation? Saw that uh, Nick Saban was, uh, I guess, at least temporarily angry at, uh, at Jimbo uh, at A&M because I guess there's maybe more money in Texas than in Alabama. But what about this, that uh, that kids can now come and earn 
tons of money while they're undergraduates. Yeah, and I think the the way the NIL was laid out, uh, Bill, was it was supposed supposed to be where uh, the players would benefit from name, image, and likeness. But it seems what it's turned out to be is paying players to come to your school and just had, doing it openly. So I think that's what I saw when I when I thought when they first mentioned it out there and, and threw it out nil. I thought, okay, the rich get richer. The teams with the most money going to be able to buy the best players. And I think that's what it's turning into. But it's not so much nil as teams buying players right now. And that's regrettable. You think? Yeah, you it think definitely I, is regrettable. Yeah, I, I yeah, think that. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I, like I said, I, I think in the purest form, the NIL would be nice, but uh, I don't think they'll ever get there. Yeah, I got you. Um, let me ask you this, because this is a dimension that interests me as an educator, because these kids and I'll call them kids can go to college and make a lot of money uh, and they don't have to go pro to make money. Will this mean we'll see a better college completion rate for these uh, athletes? Uh, it could very well be that way. I think when uh, when you're going into your senior year, a lot of kids would put their toes in the water for the NFL. Uh, maybe if they were going to be a seventh-round draft pick or a UFA, just to go out and get the money. But if you are already making money at the school, we may see a better completion rate. And, heck, we may see more better participation in the bowl games. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's talk some football Football this weekend, if you don't mind uh Starting a couple of, I will call them interregional games. I will, we will talk about that later, what the regions are now, what the Big Ten is and Big 12 and all that. But um, I'm very interested in, in two of the games. One of them is uh, is Oregon. Uh, Oregon is going to Georgia, right? And yes. uh, uh, what, what do you think about that game? What, what, what's your sense of that game? You know, George is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and I like Oregon plus the points for a couple of reasons. Um, when I went over the team with Coach Lanning this year, it's obvious that Mario Cristobal did an excellent job recruiting. They go three deep at every position with quality talent, uh, and they've got talent that Lanning has also brought in through the transfer portal, like a player like Bo Nix, a quarterback. So this is a very talented Oregon team. Now, the other advantage I think they have here is the fact that Dan Lanning knows the Georgia personnel inside and out, knows the yeah. Georgia defense inside and out, knows all the strengths and weaknesses of both sides of the ball and has got that advanced scouting report going for him. This is supposed to be a neutral site game. Naturally, Georgia's going to have the crowd edge. I do sure. think Georgia still has one of the top 10 defenses in college football, but I don't think they'll be as dominant as last year when they allowed just 10 points per game for the entire season. And if you take away that Alabama SEC championship game, they gave up 8.6 points per game, which is almost unheard of in this era of college football. But uh, I think that uh, I'd like Oregon plus the points to keep that one closer than expected. But I do think Georgia gets the win in, in, in basically a home game. It's interesting you say the defense is still strong. A lot's been made out of how many of the defensive players went to the NFL. But you think it's still strong. I've been thinking the offense is still pretty strong, isn't it? Yeah, the offense definitely is still strong. But, you know, talking to Coach Lanning, remember he had the Georgia linebackers last year. He likes the Oregon linebackers this year. They've got a couple of... Uh, studs at the Oregon position or at the linebacker position and Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. Flo missed all of last year with injury. They got Jordan Riley, DJ Johnson up front. So Oregon's got a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball to slow Georgia down. 
Interesting that Oregon has had these trips before, like right Auburn and elsewhere, start their season. It's uh, I, I, I encourage that. I think that's pretty interesting. It makes it an interesting game, doesn't it, when they go across country like and, that? And look at last year, uh, Bill. I don't think anybody gave them a chance when they went into Ohio State, and played Columbus, right. or played right. Columbus, and played Ohio State on the road as a fourteen and a half point dog, and and they basically led that thing from start to finish. So uh, yeah, it's an underrated and talented Oregon team, and I'm glad they're taking these tough non-conference games. All right, let's talk about another travel uh, schedule for Utah. Uh, they're going to Florida, right? What do you think of that one this weekend? Well, a swamp is going to be a tough setting, and Florida's my number two most improved team in the country this year, led by Billy Napier. I think he steps into a pretty good situation. Remember last year, Florida at one point was something like 6-2 and two with a close loss to Alabama, a game they only lost by a missed two-point conversion yeah. at the end. Yeah. Uh, and so Florida's an underrated team. They're tough in the swamp. They're at home. They've got a lot of good things going for them, including their quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson's a guy who's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. He's got the speed. It's everything you want in a quarterback. The only thing he doesn't have is big game experience. And last year, most of his big plays came against weaker teams. This is his first big game. Meanwhile, on the flip side of the coin, Utah's got a quarterback in Cam Rising who's had plenty of big game experience. They had those two big games against Oregon. And even the Rose Bowl against Ohio State last year, they may have won that thing had Rising not got hurt uh, in the second half. So I give them the edge experience-wise there. I also think Utah's got the edge at the line of scrimmage, offensive line, defensive line. So as much as it's a tough setting, and as much as I think Florida is going to give them everything they want, I do see Utah coming away with the win. And this is a sneaky Utah team. If they get this win here, they could very well be favored in yeah. each and every game this season and uh, sneak their way into the playoff. Yeah, you had them, uh, what did you rate them, six or seven, I think? Number six, yeah. yes. Yeah, no, that's very high. And uh, they've been high before. Uh, and uh, as you say, you know, proved a lot in the Rose Bowl and elsewhere. But we'll see. I think it's a very interesting game. Uh, all right. Obviously, the highlight game, uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. I know you're from Ohio, but what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, the good thing about writing a national magazine, Bill, is I have no regional bias. So that's, I know that's you one good know, thing. That, regional uh, bias is gone now. Yeah. <laughs> these teams are switching around. But go ahead. So I know you're not. Yeah, and so Ohio State is loaded offensively. There's no doubt about it. They've got three Heisman Trophy candidates in C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, and Jackson Smith-Najigba. And um, have an improved offensive line and should have an improved defense. But this is the first uh, game for Jim Knowles' defense. And it took him a couple of years at Oklahoma State to get that thing to the level it was last year. So I don't think Ohio State's defense will be perfect right at the start of the year. It'll get better as the season goes on. Meanwhile, Notre Dame, while they have a first year head coach keep in mind Marcus Freeman was the head coach or was the defense coordinator last year so it's not like they're implementing a new system either offensively or defensively that's pretty much status quo and they've got a very good defense one that I rate in the top five Tyler Buckner at the QB position, I think is solid. And they've got a veteran offensive line. And bring in Harry Heistend as the offensive uh, coordinator, or excuse me, as the offensive line coach. And he's one of the best in the business. So I think these two teams are actually fairly close talent-wise. This is another game where the spread just keeps climbing. Ohio State's a 17.5-point favorite. I'll take the points with Notre Dame and uh, expect a pretty good game out of this one. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten to the poorhouse by betting against Notre Dame. You know, they're, <laughs> they're pretty good against the spread, aren't they? Yeah, they, they they have their moments, and I think big games when they're an underdog is a, a nice play to nice place to play them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, no, that I, I, I found that very interesting, the 17, 17 and a half points. Anything else this weekend? What about tonight? Uh, we're going to run this uh, today, today. So what about tonight, this uh, – uh, a Pittsburgh and West Virginia game. Uh, backyard brawl. It's good to see that back, huh, Bill? Uh, you and you I, bet. you and I remember many of backyard brawls through the years. You bet. Uh, uh, but you know, this is an, an interesting matchup. Uh, West Virginia's got a very good defensive line, but Pitt's got my second best defensive line in the country. Pitt's got all five starters back on the offensive line, and Pitt does very well in non-conference games, going seven and two against the spread their last nine. I think the big difference here: we've got two ex-USC quarterbacks for this one, but Pitt's quarterback Keaton Slovis was in for the spring, so he got to work with the offense all spring long, and it's very familiar with the system. Meanwhile, uh, JT Daniel didn't enroll at West Virginia until the summertime. So the fall camp was the first time he got to work with the offense. I think Pitt's a better team. They're at home, and their quarterback is in better shape to start the beginning of the season. I like Pitt minus a seven and a half, but I do think it'll be a good game. Okay, okay, good. That covers a lot of this weekend. Let me talk in a few minutes we have left uh, about uh, the the conferences. What do you think, uh, USC, UCLA, uh, moving to the Big Ten or – what do we call it? Is it the Big Ten now or the Big 12? What do we call it? <laughs> it's actually, what, the Big 16, I guess. The Big 16, <laughs> I guess it is, yeah. Yeah, but they'll, they'll keep the name the Big Ten. I tell you what, Bill, if I'm a college team and the Big Ten or the SEC says we want you as a member, I'm jumping because that's where the money is right now. But uh, as a traditionalist, it's a little strange seeing USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten. But really, when the uh, when the SEC announced they were taking Oklahoma and Texas, people asked me, what do you think the Big Ten should do? And I said, well, the, the best option would be getting USC and UCLA out of the Pac-12. And I'm going to go back, Bill to the first year of my magazine, 1995. I wrote about a conference that was the Southwest Conference, and uh, that was the final, the final year of the Southwest Conference. Half the teams went to the Big 8, which turned into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, more teams went to the SEC, and at that point I thought, wow, what's happening to college football? And you guess what? College football survived and thrived, so I think we'll have more of the same with this. Yeah, the, 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 it just kind of messes up the, the idea of regional conferences, yes. doesn't it? But that's been going, as you just said, for for a long for a long long time. Anyway, all right. You know, um, you may remember that I'm, I'm a Longhorn fan. I really am interested in this game a week from uh, this weekend. Uh, my son is also a UT graduate. Is going. Uh, Alabama is going to Texas. I said, man, I want to see a Bijan. What is it, Bijan Robinson? Yeah, uh, against, against Will Anderson. I'd like to see that matchup, right? Uh, maybe one of the best running backs. I think you have one of the best running back and the best linebacker in, in college football, Will Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. Will Anderson might be the best defensive player in college football. And Texas actually has the best running back core in the entire country. Not uh-huh. only B. John Robinson, but Roshan Johnson, uh, Keelan Robinson. Any of those three guys could be the feature back, led by probably the best running back in the country, B. John Robinson. I like yeah. Quinn Ewers at the quarterback position. I think he's going to step in and do a good job. The offensive line's a veteran group. And defensively, they can only be improved over last year when they gave up 31 points per game at 426 yards per game. It is his second year for Steve Sarkeesian, and I've had many second-year head coaches, in fact, all second-year head coaches, to tell me how much better they are this year because they now know the players inside and out, the players know the system, and they've had their first real recruiting class. So I think Texas will be a much-improved team. You'll be interested to know, Bill, that three of my nine sets of power ratings actually call Texas the best team in the Big 12. But like you, 
uh, been burnt yeah. sometimes in the past by Texas. Yeah. So a little yeah. hesitant of putting them up there. But I do think they have a shot at getting to the Big 12 title game this year. It'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I think it will be. Uh, uh, it will be interesting. I think it'll be, I think it'll be, be very interesting. Uh, who do we watch? Who's the dark horse? Who's going to be surprised us, you think? Give us one or two teams. Well, I think Utah is definitely going to be a surprise. Nobody's talking about them to make the playoff, but if they mm-hmm. get this game against Florida, I think they can run the table. And if you have an undefeated Pac, undefeated Pac-12 team at the end of the year, they will indeed make the playoff. So keep your eyes on Utah. And as far as okay. a team that uh, uh, may be way under the radar this year, I'm going to throw out the Auburn Tigers. Auburn was picked seventh oh, in the, oh, in the SEC West. And uh, a lot of folks are saying, well, what kind of situation is Brian Harson running there, all these players bolting from the program. But I tell you, Bill, I've been doing this for 28 years, and I've seen a lot of first-year head coaches come in, and when there is a big attrition like that, what's happening is the bad apples are leaving, and what's left is a team that's bought in. And Auburn actually has... Uh, my number uh, 10 rated offensive line, number nine rated defensive line. They've got a great set of running backs with Bigsby and Hunter. Uh, defensively, they're strong across the board. In fact, they have a legitimate top 25 defense. And I think Auburn opens up the season 5-0 and oh when they travel to Georgia. So wow. we'll come back on with you, Bill, for the week of Auburn-Georgia, and we'll see if that played out for uh, fruition. Okay. Okay. I always – I mean, I really thought Gus Malzahn was a good coach. I mean, he – he took him, you know, all the way and, and uh, you know, seemed to be a very good recruiter. And Auburn was very competitive in, in those years. I, mean, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, and it's, I think a lot of it's the, the inner workings of what's going on at Auburn. They seem to yeah. have, have these things going on. I'll tell you what, if you thought Gossman was a good coach then, you're going to love him this year, Bill, because they are my top group of five team at UCF. He's brought in a lot of Power 5 transfers yeah. last year. Yeah. They had a lot of injuries, brought yeah. in a lot of Power 5 transfers this year. I think they have a good shot of running the table. Okay, that's interesting. Speaking of UCF, what about a former coach? What is the problem with Nebraska and Scott Frost? What is the problem? I watched that game. Yeah, well, I tell you, Scott Frost has lost a lot of close games. And, it, you know, he's yeah. the team well-prepared, and then it just doesn't happen at the end. Now, as much as you think Scott Frost is pretty much out the door, I do want to mention, when you look at their schedule right now, they play North Dakota, which they should win, Georgia Southern, which they should win. If they somehow upset Oklahoma, I think all is forgiven for the Northwestern loss. Then they've got Indiana at home and at Rutgers. So this is a team that could very well start out. Five and one, four and two, and if that happens, may get a little off the hot seat. But look at his final four games this year, Bill. They play uh-huh. Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin, and at Iowa. I think it's going to be a brutal finish to the season. Yeah. And I tell you what, six and six wouldn't cut it if I'm a Nebraska fan. I mean, didn't they fire Frank Solich when he was winning seventy three percent of his games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been pretty. I have to say, I, I don't know it like you do, but it seems to me he's been pretty noble about this. I think he cut his own salary and. You know, wants to stick it out, and I, I think he's really trying and doing his best. Kind of impressive, I think, uh, his 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 stature, if not his record. Yeah, it took the uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, thing. Remember right, last year, Jim right, Harbaugh right. took a pay cut, and then it all turned around for him. So I think he's hoping for the same thing. Can Michigan beat Ohio State? You know, I think Michigan's got a good chance of being eleven and zero when they face Ohio State. They only have three road games before they yeah. travel to Columbus. Yeah, they play Indiana, Rutgers, and Iowa. Now, I was going to be a tough test in Kinnick, but if they somehow win that, they've got a real good chance of being eleven and zero. But I've got Ohio State a two touchdown favorite in that game, as does Vegas right now. I think uh, Michigan lost too much on the defense, and Ohio State's defense is that much improved. Plus the games in Columbus, so I've got the Buckeyes by two touchdowns in that one. 
And my son says, stop all these silly bets, Dad. Just uh, just take, you know, all your money and put it on Alabama to win the national championship. <laughs> I, said, oh, I, think, I said, I think it only pays a dollar and a half to a dollar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and how about over 10 and a half wins for Ohio State, Bama, and yeah. Georgia? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really that's really all, interesting. All three of those teams, Bill, are going to be double-digit favorites in every single game this year. So if you're playing know. over 10 and a half, they would not only have to lose once, they'd have to lose twice. Does, does Alabama beat A&M this year? Yeah, I think it's a really good situation for Alabama. They're the more experienced team. A&M is actually my number 124 on my experience chart. Alabama gets that game at home. And how about what Texas A&M, uh, the, how their schedule plays out this year? Texas A&M actually has to play a tough game against Appalachian State. Then the very yep, next week yep. plays Miami of Florida. Then the very next week plays Arkansas away from home, Mississippi State on the road, and then a third straight road game traveling to Alabama. I think the situation, revenge, and the more experienced team, Bama probably wins that one at home. But I tell you what, Bill, keep your eyes on AM for next year, but let's keep that under your hat. Yeah, that's the recruiting, right? That's showing because he's a great recruiter, Jim. Oh, right? five, five great recruiting classes. You mentioned something in passing just there. A friend of mine said, put your money on App State. What's the line on that App State game with that AM? Uh, with A&M right now, uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen an early line on it. Okay. I would anticipate A&M is going to be about a 14-point favorite. Uh, was one take App State there? I mean, it's at App State, isn't it? Or is no, it that, that one's uh, A&M's no, it's at A&M. college okay. station. And uh, okay. they tend to do pretty good at home. Plus, App is coming off a huge game this week against North Carolina, which is like their Super Bowl at home, taking right. on the Tar Heels. Right. So it's a little bit of a letdown situation for App State, win or lose this week. Uh, I would I would probably lean with the Aggies. I might take App State this week, though, against North Carolina. I think that's going to be a great game. Where they endeared themselves to me. How many years ago was it that when they beat Michigan? 15. Opening? Oh, 15 years ago? My yeah, gosh. can you believe it? It was an unbelievable sight like yesterday. I was watching that game in Colorado. Boy, that was that was really it was really something. I've been hogging you, Claude. You're listening. Did you want to ask about your terrapins, or can we just well, pass on that? Yeah, well, well, you know, I'll ask about the terps, but but just uh, do two quick things before I even ask about that. Number one is the reason we love Phil Still so much is because of things like the experience chart. Like he's the only one who has this kind of stuff, people. So, uh, but, but before I get to the terps, it's amazing <laughs> that we've we, we uh, in years past there's no way we get this far into the conversation without talking about Clemson. But yet here we are. We haven't mentioned anything about the Tigers. Uh, what do you think about Clemson, Phil, this year? Rebounding Georgia, or? Georgia Tech opener this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Clemson definitely rebounds this year. And I'll share you a little something that when I talked to the coaches last year, I talked to this year, I talked to 120 of the 131 head coaches. And last year, when I got off the phone with most head coaches, almost all of them, they said, Phil, this is the deepest team we've ever had. We were able to go three deep in the spring because of COVID. Everybody had everybody back. In fact, I had to redo my experience chart last year because everybody had 17, 18, 19, 20 returning starters. Now, who didn't last year? Well, it was the big boys, Ohio State. They didn't win the Big Ten. Heck, they didn't even make the Big Ten title game. Clemson, uh, they didn't make the they didn't win the ACC. Didn't make the ACC title game. The big boys all lost a ton of talent to the NFL, and they were at ex- extreme deficit experience wise last year. Oklahoma not in the Big Twelve title yeah. game. Heck, Alabama. Remember they lost a And M. They barely got past Florida. Barely got past LSU, and should have lost to Auburn last year. Yeah, but they wouldn't even have made the playoff. Now this year. 
those teams are back on par experience wise. In fact, Clemson comes in number 40 on my experience chart after being number 115 last year. They've got the best defensive line in the country, one of the top defenses. And their problem last year was quarterback play. DJ Uyunglele uh, had a 9 10 ratio. This year, they're going to be much improved at quarterback, whether it's DJ, who lost 20 to 25 pounds in the offseason and looked a lot better, or whether it's uh, Cade Klubnik, who's my number one quarterback out of high school this year and also looked good in the spring. So I do think Clemson rebounds, wins the ACC, much like Ohio State rebounds, and much like Oklahoma rebounds to win their conferences this year. All right, say a word about his Terps, would you please? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, they could be very explosive. You go back to last year, it seemed like Maryland was losing its top receiver every single week, and now they're all back. I mean, uh, Rakeem Jarrett, Ja'Shawn Jones, Jacob Copeland are all back after missing a good portion of last year, and they had in a Florida transfer as well. So, I mean, this is a a team for Maryland that that looks to be in in really good shape, explosively with uh, Leah Tungavaloa at the quarterback spot, nine starters back on offense. The defense is a big question mark this year, but they have seven starters back. And then how they do in the big games. They haven't really been competitive with the big boys. They do have to play Michigan on the road, Penn State on the road, Wisconsin on the road, and Ohio State on the road. But if there's a team that's got a puncher's chance of playing with those, remember a couple years ago when Maryland took Ohio State to the wire, only losing by a point, uh, I think Maryland's going to be one of those surprise teams in the Big Ten. So you should have a good year watching the Terps this year, Claude. Yeah, as long as, as long as Texas doesn't have to play him. That's, that's all I can those terrible opening games. But, you know, you mentioned Ogo Ali. A friend of mine, I just wonder if you comment, flew from L.A. to Dallas to watch uh, Bosco play Allen. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, John Bosco High School? Uh, and they beat Allen 56-7 to in Allen High School's new stadium in Dallas. Did you notice wow. that? I did yeah. not. I, I yeah, did. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to follow 131 college. I know that. Too much time that. to work it. But that's that's a that that's a big upset. I would think winning by that much. Yeah, but the, you know what a feeder that school is. With you know Bryce, uh, Bryce Young was not out of there. He was out of the other uh, high school out there. But the Ugalali Hills guys, and I mean, just they're amazing team. Uh, and they, I think they're ranked number one in the country in high school. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Unfair question. Unfair question. But I find, Claude, make a note. I asked Phil something, and he said, I don't know. Please, please make a note of that for his record. Tell us uh, something else we should look for, something else interesting this weekend or next or in the season. We will make a note to call you if uh, Auburn's 5-0 and going into, what, the Georgia game? Is that what you said? Yeah, the George 5-0 and heading into Georgia. All right, uh, we will call. Go ahead. I appreciate that. I think unlike last year, we probably won't see a group of five team make the playoff, but I do think we get back to uh, having the blue bloods and less upsets this year. I think you're going to see the powers are now on even footing experience wise with everybody else. So I think we'll see less upsets than we did last year when some things were topsy turvy all over the country. Uh, I think we'll see less of that this year now that we're sort of back to normal. And hopefully we don't have any uh, players missing games with the COVID testing. Hours still with Phil Steele. Phil, we thank you very much. We are so grateful to you. Appreciate it. This is my favorite interview of the year. Uh, you're way too kind, Bill. I appreciate that. And one of my favorite interviews in the year as well. Always enjoy the conversation, my friend. And I appreciate you having me on. You betcha. You're very welcome. We'll be watching you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. And market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, 
not only predicted a recession, but they're using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, the BBB, and thousands of satisfied clients. If you give them a call right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 855-761-3008. That's 855-761-3008. Or text Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T, Bennett, to 998-899. Again, that's 855 855- 761-3008 or text Bennett to 998899. All right, so that does it for our college football preview show uh, to catch up on previous episodes. Uh, I promise you this is probably the only one. Maybe we'll do another one in the middle of the season that has to do with college football for those who don't care. Uh, but you can catch up on previous episodes of the show. Uh, just go to TheBillBennettShow.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like him on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett and feel free to email the show, especially some college football fans out there. You know, Bill loves to talk about this stuff. So email him, uh, BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think about Phil Steele and the college football conversation. Uh, and maybe you've got some kids playing Little League or some kids uh, uh, playing in high school. Let us know about about your kids, man. Take a few pictures and email those pictures in, too. We'll post them on the Facebook page. Uh, share the podcast with your family and friends, and we'll catch up next week. <laughs>